I'm proud of us. All right. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. And I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 320 of Video Games Hot Dog. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Okay. It, that doesn't really work when you say 300 and, as opposed to just 320. Oh, yeah. Did I say 300 and? Yeah. Well, oh, well shit. It's, it's okay. I, I fixed it. I'd argue that it doesn't work on a lot of levels. That's true. <laughs> Cause, cause these aren't funny. I, uh, <laughs> now I'm just afraid that if I stop, I will go to hell. Mm-hmm. This also is not a very good sentence. I don't think. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Like, where's the? Uh, that is not a ni- That's not a neither case in my understanding of. Yeah. I mean, the, the King James Bible is pretty old. It's the cool one. What does reproved mean? Uh, I'm assuming it is the root of reproach, oh. which means to condemn. Right. It's like the opposite of approve, right? It's oh yeah, it's to approve again. Deprove. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I uh, I told you the other day that Annapurna and A24 were the same thing, but I was totally wrong. Oh, they're two separate companies. They just have worked together on a project or two, so that's I why see. I thought that they were the same thing. Okay. Because I feel like I've seen Annapurna movies now that you now that you mention yeah. it. Also, that was yesterday. It was at, uh, we went to Emporium SF, yeah. which is the Emporium in SF. Uh, the, it's supposed to be one in Chicago. Yeah, there's an Emporium Barcade in Chicago. This is... Um, Massive. It's very large. Yeah, yeah, it's like a theater with all these layers of balcony, and on the bottom is the only place where there are video games, and everywhere else there's just deafening noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's not the noise of video games or pinball machines. It's like sports yelling. And music. They played a bunch of music. They have a lot of uh, they have a lot of pinball machines, though. Cool. Were they any good? Mm, they were okay. They seemed like somebody wanted to get good pinball machines, but there weren't any to be got. Huh? Did did they not have a Twilight Zone? They did not have a Twilight Zone. Ugh. They did not have a Totan. Ugh. They did not have an Adams Family. They did not have a. So none Chad, of the classics. Did they none have of the Judge classics. Dread. I don't think they had a Judge Dread. Uh, Is Judge Dread I don't good? Care. Uh, apparently, there's there's. <laughs> Like two versions of Judge Dredd, one that I've played that I really like, but also it's possible to tune it way harder. But hmm. I, I do you think I that like, Matt Drudge of the Drudge Report has a brother named uh, uh, Drudge Jed? Doom? Jed Drudge, <laughs> yeah, that's where I was getting. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't played Judge Dredd, I think Wes owned one for a while, but then I think yeah. he sold it. That was where that was where I played it, was at Wes's place. I think Riff, I we miss you. Why'd you move to Portland? Because the weather is beautiful here. And you just love those voodoo donuts. Uh, no. Actually, no. Those donuts are not very good. There is a really I, good donut place, like, a block away from me, which is a problem. But Is, is it, it Blue a, Star Donuts? Yeah, is it a Blue no, Star it's uh, Heavenly Donuts. You know what I like is a place, uh, a, a place here. It's like a little artisanal donut shop called Dunkin Donuts. Okay. Um, I think it's are they meant for people who are like king? related to uh, people with uh, sort of drab coloring. <laughs> oh, they're uh, well, maybe it's started by Nora Dunn from Saturday Night Live. That's spelled with two N's. But maybe. yeah, maybe. <laughs> Do you remember that uh, that <laughs> sentence I wrote when I realized uh, how many meanings the word "done" had? No. It could. Uh, it, it can. It's. 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 Done is basically the new fuck. 
uh, it can be any part of speech and has a lot of different insinuations depending on how you use it. Well, to none do, of which are used by to anyone. To do means to fuck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. I done her. Yeah. That was, that's, that's the bridge. Okay. I done her buffalo, 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 buffalo. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I don't know that that's a sentence. Sorry. Let's get uh, out the whiteboard. Yeah, I think we need to diagram some sentences. Yeah. Man, I love get diagramming out, get sentences. Out the, get out the uh, thumbtacks and red string. That was my favorite part of school. <laughs> was diagramming Was diagramming sentences. sentences. Huh. Everyone dreads it. Like, it's a thing that it's a thing that people talk about. Like, oh, God, I'm so glad I never have to go to school again because I hated diagramming sentences so much. And But then when we got to that part, I was like, this rules. Yeah. I really enjoyed in chemistry class doing the balancing the chemical equations. Which what is did you a, like a in class, Jim? Slightly different thing. Uh, there was one time that, without really thinking about it, I stuck a paperclip in an electrical socket <laughs> and shorted out a something or other because, like, flames shot out. And then when the teacher tried to plug a projector into that socket, it didn't work. Nice. <laughs> so they didn't catch you ruining the. No, nobody caught me. Like- no, that was. And it was something that, like, even 15 minutes later, I was just like, what was. I wasn't. What the hell was I thinking? And then I realized I wasn't actually thinking at all. I was just like fidgeting with a paper clip and an electrical socket. What's impressive is that you didn't hurt yourself. Yeah. 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 It, it, maybe I wasn't grounded. I think I've, I've told the story before where <laughs> well, I, not if you didn't get caught. Yeah. <laughs> where I, uh, there was like an exposed electrical outlet, not outlet, but like a light switch, um, in the bathroom of my house. And I was just poking around in it with a, screwdriver and okay. <laughs> well because i didn't i was too young to know no. that this was okay. dangerous this is when you were like 19 yeah <laughs> yeah uh it was i think i was like in first grade or something and uh and hit something live and it like knocked me across the room and oh, i was just oh. like i was like yeah super embarrassed and i didn't want to tell anybody that i'd clearly done something that was that had to have been obviously wrong so like you didn't tell anyone? I didn't tell anybody about it. Wow. Yeah. You just confessed now, live. Exactly. It's okay. I don't think so, either of my parents uh, listens to this podcast, so. Okay. So, uh, so basically, I liked diagramming sentences, yeah. Rift liked balancing <laughs> chemical equations, yeah. Jim liked vandalism, and Kevin liked uh, just a lack of safety. <laughs> yep. Did you guys, I got, there was a text file. I think I actually got it. I can't remember if I got it from a BBS or if this was late enough that I was already on textfiles.com. But there was a text file. It was like 200 ways to smash your school or something like that. Whoa. That um, sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them was, you know, carry a screwdriver around and slowly dismantle the school. And I actually did that. Yeah. I did I a little of that too. Our, <laughs> yeah. our, slowly unscrewed stuff. Our unscrewed. desks were made of like those metal tubes and they were like set up welded in such together? a Well, they were welded together, but it was made of multiple tubes and it was designed in such a way that there were two locations on every desk where there was just a raw tube end, which they closed up with like a little steel sort of round cap with like spider leg prongs that would wedge into the tube. And so I carried a little screwdriver around for me with for a while and just stole those out of every desk I sat at at every opportunity. (laughs) I had a pretty good collection of them. Still of spider leg uh, I, I prongs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened to them. Yeah. And of course, nowadays, if you get caught with a screwdriver at school, it's just immediate death penalty. Yeah. 
Whereas in Riff's day, apparently you could rob graves and get away with it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but only if you're white. Do they have to be graves on the school grounds, though? Yeah, they <laughs> the, have the to janitor, be. They, the janitor's grave. They have to, the desks have to be partially made out of them. Anyone who dies on campus is buried on is campus. Is buried on campus. <laughs> <laughs> the actual answer to your question, Zach, was um, I learned a program when I was like 11. And so when you're... When you've been programming for like five years, going taking a programming class in high school, yeah, you really feel like a superhero. Yep, get all your assignments done in like thirty seconds right. that everybody else is really struggling with. Right, yeah. I I had kind of a similar experience just by virtue of I think just being way better at computers than people. I took a CAD class mm -hmm. and. Hmm. Uh, I got like I got the semester's worth of assignments done in the first week. You cad, yes, I was such a cad. And so from that point on, he just had me make all the fire escape maps for the school. <laughs> uh, so huh. I and we joked uh, uh, me and me and me and old Josh uh, that I should have figured out a way to like discreetly murder jocks by figuring out where the jocks were likely to be and having the fire escape map arrows lead them to like a dangerous dead oh, end. Man. Like that would be such a good like subplot in a, like a very implausible movie. Uh, but I didn't do it. I, I, I erred on the side of safety and uh, goodwill towards all men. <laughs> That's really funny. What do you actually like in school, Kevin? You liked everything. I you did were kind of like everything. God, you, you like loved fucking doing your homework. Mm -hmm. God damn it, nerds! <laughs> I uh, when I when I got to high school, uh, I got put in the like sort of regular English class, and our the freshman English teacher um, had a bunch of people that just were like really bad at English. Uh, not that they like it was their first language. It was just their you know not smart and so she would have people if people said something dumb she would have them stand up put their hands on their head and say i am a prisoner of ignorance wow wow yeah <laughs> this is fucking that dystopian sounds that sounds illegal i probably would be now but it like at the time it was like okay well actually people actually started to think about what they were going to say before they s said something in class you see now they just have to stand up and receive a participation trophy <laughs> <laughs> fucking millennials <laughs> I, every they just every day they have a new trophy and the, the you learn not to participate pretty quickly. You have to keep carrying all of the yeah. trophies around. For the rest of the... God, that is some that one episode of Amazing Stories shit where Christopher Lloyd is the tyrannical English teacher oh, who yeah. makes people stand in front of the class holding up heavy books at arm's length. Ugh. Wow, was this at your Jesuit school? It was. Mm. Yep. It was a good school. People actually learned things, I think. Jesuits do it cruelly. That was the bumper sticker. This this was, uh, and, like, this teacher was not Jesuit. She My was... child bears the scars of being an honor student at Jesuit High. <laughs> I'm assuming it was called Jesuit High, because this was, like, an anime about your school. I mean, the, the middle two words of the, the name were Jesuit High. Okay. Yeah. So it was, like... Big Jesuit High School. Re Regis Jesuit High School. Oh, here. Regis. Yeah. Was it next to Kathy Lee yes. Public School? Ha ha ha! That's very funny. Christ. <laughs> when I went, it was an all-male school, and now there is a, a male campus and a female campus. So, 
So it's still an all-male it's school. There's just divided, an accompanying... They're, yeah. They, they're they, like made, they literally made Kathy Lee door. Jesuit yeah. high school. Next door. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Santa Kathy Lee. <laughs> is, there a, <laughs> is there a Saint Kathy Lee? What's she the patron? Who's Saint Regis? What's Saint Regis the patron saint of? I have no idea. Did we look up... Right around the corner from my house in San Francisco is Saint Kevin's <laughs> Catholic oh, yeah? Church. Yeah. And I looked it up and it was like originally like whatever the Gaelic predecessor of kevin is like k gaelic k-e-o-w-n or something handsome or whatever handsome oh because it was saying handsome yeah which yeah, make lucky sense. you yeah um boy uh did any of you guys watch the cloverfield paradox not yet oh, yeah, is I it good that. no oh actually i agree but i also actually really enjoyed it i just like i didn't so i also watched bright since the last show yeah and I enjoyed Bright a lot more than I enjoyed the Cloverfield Paradox. Like, wow. I think partly I expected the Cloverfield Paradox to be good because I re- I've i never seen Cloverfield, actually, but I really liked 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, I thought that was really well lot. done. Yeah, that was, it was really And, good. yeah, this is not, this is not that at all. No, this is a lot. This Have you seen the core? Uh, the one where the Earth's core stops rotating and they have to, like, they have to... So restart it with nuclear yeah. bombs. Yeah, like, it's like the fast follow to uh, Armageddon. Right, right. And the, the core was... The, the, I bring it up because these are both movies that pretend to be, like, really dramatic sci-fi but are just goofy bullshit. Yeah. That that doesn't actually make any scientific sense. Okay. And And, like, if you're ready for that, then that's fun watch but if you're like going in expecting something that you can take seriously then it's a, it's a bad time it's a like so people compare it to sunshine and people compare it to which one uh the cloverfield paradox okay and to sunshine was the, that like spaceship movie right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes good good pull uh what's the not Mass Effect. What is the what's the one where they uh, where Dragon Sam Age. Neal's in it and they oh. open the oh, portal? Event Horizon. Ha- Event Horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. Event Horizon is another good comparison. Yeah, but like Event Horizon is like Hellraiser in space, yeah. right? Sunshine is like a really suspenseful, really good science fiction movie that turns into a horror movie at the end for no good reason yeah, and becomes a, really implausible in a way that it really didn't need to in order to be good. It's a very strange decision. And I feel like Cloverfield Paradox has like a section in the middle that's real, real stupid for no good reason. Uh-huh. And it like starts out pretty good and it ends pretty good. Well, it ends super dumb, but like, <laughs> like it ends, ends super dumb. But like, if you basically took like the first third and the last third minus the last 10 minutes, the last third minus the last two minutes, okay. uh, you'd have a pretty good movie. Okay. Um, yeah. That I, I assume you're talking about the the sequence where a guy loses his arm. That's funny. It is right? a funny thing. But it's like, so it's like, here's some science shit going wrong. Sorry, like the first third is here's some science shit getting ready to go wrong. Right. And then the last third is here's us dealing with the consequences of the science shit that went wrong. But then in the middle, it's like a, like a Tim and Eric oh, show yeah. for yeah. a minute. Like, like a bunch of stuff that like is dumb and supernatural and not borne out at all by the premise. Yeah. Right. It's just like, Hey, here's some dumb 
shit that's kind of spooky but kind of funny. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder... This conversation is making me think of Gravity, which is a movie that has a a kind of a sci-fi premise that is clearly like done as well as as realistically as they could make it and still have a plot um because like everything um that is stupid bullshit about that movie is like like necessary plot points for what happens is that the one where like at the there's like a they can sort of see earth from a distant plane slash dimension at the no, no, gravity's the gravity's, gravity's the one the where George Sandra Bullock Clooney, is Sandra Bullock. Oh, it's just, is, it's just, just like the, a, that's the one with the the space station accident. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah. But and I, and I, my wonder, understanding is nothing like supernatural. Like nothing oh, ridiculous happens. I'm it thinking, doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. It's, it's, oh, Interstellar. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. enjoyed Interstellar. I don't. Like, gravity like, is is one of those things where like you have to have like researched the space program to know what's bullshit about it. Yeah. So that's like that's there's a ghost, but he's not a ghost ghost. Okay, I, I'll take your word for it. Um, but uh, and I wonder, like, could you put like an actual scientist on the script of the Cloverfield paradox, Cloverfield paradox, and come out with anything like even remotely close to what they ended up with, with all the bullshit fixed? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like they really wanted that arm gag. Yeah, and it was pretty funny. Like, yeah. but it just didn't make any sense according to the rules that they had established. And that was like that, like it would have been, I would have been fine with like a dumb, you know, to say Tim and Eric, like it becomes some just like hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy shit in the middle of it. That's yeah. That's and that's comparison. like, you know, if the movie was that, like if it was a comedy space horror movie, then that would be fine. But it's like tugging at your heartstrings one moment. And then there's this dumb arm gag the next moment that doesn't make any sense according to the rules that it's established. And then like, ah, eh, never mind. That arm was just there to explain another dumb thing that didn't make any sense and wasn't explained at all. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed Bright so much more than I enjoyed the Cloverfield Paradox. And that is, that is so weird because it like Bright was not a good movie. I, I mean, think, I guess I, I objectively. I guess I, mean, I agree with you. More consistent, certainly. You saw it, yeah. Riff, did you see it? No. Okay. I mean, I just wasn't going to watch it because people were talking so much shit about it. But right. then I was like, you know, I'm going to form I, my since, own. Yes. Yeah, since when do I let the man tell me what to do? <laughs> so, so I think this is a thing that that holds true for me almost all the time is when I have low or n- no expectations about a film, I'm way more likely to like it than if I go into it with, with sort of hopeful or high expectations. Right. Um, so a lot of people putting it down before you watch it, I think. Sure. I'm sure that makes helped. it easier. But at the same time, like I watched it and like there is writing in that movie that is not great, but there was nothing that was just like so dumb that it made me embarrassed for the actors, <laughs> which is usually the thing that makes me think a movie is badly written. Like, you know, I think that, that movie tried to bite off more than it could chew in terms of talking about race. And it was pretty clumsy about it, but at least it was like, at least it was trying. And Hmm. like, it wasn't just like this nihilistic, everyone and everything sucks kind of approach to like dealing with issues, you know, like I, I was super interested in the like setting, the idea of the setting. Um, I definitely was down to be ready. I was ready to be like excited by yeah, it. Yeah, I, I 
and I, I, I was as well. I think I, I think that premise would have been better done as a TV series hmm. than as a, like a, cause I liked the, I did like the setting, but I couldn't give a shit about those characters or that story. Okay. So like, well, you hate cops is mm-hmm. one thing, right? And so orcs. like, you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and you're racist. You're wands. racist against cops. You just hate orcs. Right. <laughs> right. It's nothing to do with their race. It's just, <laughs> uh, yeah. The, I mean, I think that there's some meat. I mean, as evidenced by the recent Shadowrun games that were pretty good, you know, like there's some, and it's weird because that's a thing that I hate about the Shadowrun setting. Like, I hate that there are orcs and elves. Really? And dwarves in it. Like, yeah, I just, because it's one too many things. Like, you it's one too many things changed cyberpunk. to be a realist. Yeah. Like, like if you. Cyberpunk with magic, though, is so good. Yeah, but cyberpunk with magic and elks and orbs, elks and orbs. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That uh, was that John Carmack. It was the sequel to that John Carmack game that, that just that just did uh, DS dungeon crawler. Um, but like, once you have magic, why not have elves and dragons? Well, and I mean, once you have magic, why not any? Why not whatever anything? Right? Sure. Like that's the. Or, but you also have advanced technology. Which because is, you already have magic. I mean, that's the, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, like to me. Advanced technology comes from, like, extrapolating from where we are. Orcs and elves are, like, something some guy invented that everybody just jumped on as, like, the only thing you can do with fantasy. It's weird when you do something different, though. Like, you do something totally different and and new and no one cares. I mean, I guess, like the concept of like, hey, what if we had all these races that were loosely analogous to human races and had, you know, the same kind of insulting things to say about them? Who were like the Star Wars? Who are the elves in Tolkien's view? Like Because I feel like I feel like when they do it now, like in Shadowrun, it really seems in the new in the harebrained scheme Shadowrun games, at least, the way those are written, it really seems to set up like all right, like orcs are black people and elves are Jewish. I think um, Tolkien and I, like refuted the idea that he meant for any of the races to be directly analogous to anybody. Well, else. sure, but he also said that it wasn't a World War One analogy. Well, yeah, <laughs> right? like <laughs> I mean, he did. So yeah, but, so <laughs> was that the contention? Is that Lord of the Rings is a World War One analogy? It yeah, seems a lot like of, it. A lot of people say that. Yeah. Huh. Um. I'm assuming that the Germans are the yeah. I mean, the Kaiser had you know his rings of power. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, I mean, in the Shire is England. You okay. know, they just want to deliver pies and mail, and like they get dragged <laughs> into this war that they don't. You know, they didn't really have anything to do with. Sure. I don't know. Like, you know, they, they had colonies everywhere, just destabilizing. Everything. <laughs> uh, well, so then anyway, Bright was pretty good. Here's here's the here's the moment that yeah. I decided. Like, it wasn't until the movie finished that I was like, okay, this pay this. There is a scene about two thirds of the way through the movie where there is just a shot of the L.A. skyline in the moonlight, and there is a dragon flying around in the sky that is just never mentioned again and never comes up and does not show up in the end as a dance. Until the end of Cloverfield Paradox. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's where that's where it comes in. It's like that's oh that's just the uh that's just the cross platform Netflix dragon. It's it's like in some kids show, Jeff and his dragon. Uh and Game of Thrones, I guess. 
did you see the the tweet today or yesterday that was uh pointing out that uh the good place is takes place in the um Parks and Rec continuity. No, why is that? Uh, the ad, one of the ads on the back of the magazine that um, the main character is reading in her like flashback to right before the day that she died. Uh, Spoilers. Well, I mean, the first thing you learn about the, when okay. you watch the thing is that she died. Dude, I don't know. I haven't seen any of it. Uh, is um, a John Ralphio perfume. Mm, okay. So, yeah. Good. I thought I, I thought it was uh, that. Fuck! What's that actor that played Detective Munch, who's in everything? Oh. Like he's the fuck. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. The guy who was in Homicide, Life on the Streets, and then also every other show. <laughs> he's like the, the Lynch. The Saint, the Saint Elsewhere. Yeah, he's the Lynch. Thing. He's like the thing that spreads the Saint Elsewhere. The Tommy. The Tommy <laughs> Wiseau. <not> Tommy <laughs> Wiseau. What is what is that kid's name? Riff. What's the oh, what's God, the snow globe Tommy, kid? Tommy. Yeah. What Westfall? Okay. No, I the West, I, Westphalian. That's totally a guess. Continuity. Yeah, to, Tommy, no Tommy Silverpine, Tommy, uh, 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 fuck. Name anything else in World of Warcraft. Name any other World of Warcraft zone, Zach. Uh, Tommy the Barons. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Tommy Silithus. Yes, there you go. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Northrend. Lo- Tommy <laughs> It's Westfall. Oh, it, oh it really is. Yeah. So it really okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Go? Good riff. So oh, and, and Kevin is the Saint Kevin is the patron saint of blackbirds. <laughs> huh. Okay. <laughs> so who knows? Neat. <laughs> yeah. Can you make them like buy stuff out of vending machines Shoot for out of my you? Arm like, or whatever. <laughs> oh God! Wow. Yeah. Is it? Was that in Bioshock Infinite? I, Could you make birds? <laughs> I don't know. It was one of the Bioshocks. I'm pretty sure you there could, was yeah. a bird. So it's, it's got birds and bees? Uh, bird, it was uh, Bioshock Infinite, yeah. You can make crows, okay. yeah. Or summon them, at least. That <laughs> game by Crows, Crows, Yeah, speaking crows. of crows, yeah. crows, Crows, has anybody played any video games? I, I played a video game. Which one? Uh, it is, so I played this iOS puzzle game uh, called City Glitch. Uh, it's one word. If you search for City Glitch two words, it doesn't show up in the search at all. Um, it is a relatively small uh, sort of grid-based puzzler uh, that sort of gets expanded rules as you progress through the, the game and you are um, just trying to turn a bunch of notes, like light up a bunch of nodes by passing over them. Enemies that, that move around um, based on specific logic will turn off nodes if they pass over them and so you're having to move around a space in a very particular way to avoid being killed by enemies uh and avoid them stepping on stuff basically sounds like cubert kind of yeah art style is cool yeah it's uh it's it's neat and then there's there's a it's a little aggravating because each level has like a if you get this turn count the light turns blue versus if you get this turn like if you get above that it's uh just turns orange like you're, you solve it regardless but you know that there's like an optimal solution that you haven't found mm. uh, that, that drives me a little uh, crazy does that drive you nuts <laughs> yeah because that is not necessarily a problem that a mm. lot of our listeners would encounter sure uh it's just one of those things where when i know that there's some better way to solve it mm-hmm. okay. and like some of the possibility spaces for some of the levels is extremely large and so actually figuring it out would be tricky that that the, was uh, how title I was... screen makes it look cool 
the yeah. uh, the the way I was able to tell when you stopped playing Infinifactory <laughs> was when when I was able to get some scores that that beat yours without like spending all night optimizing them. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been playing Infinifactory, Riff? Yeah, he put up the, like the last of his one hundred percent Infinifactory uh, iron-on patches on sale. And I oh, bought nice. one and then figured I should probably earn this by earn actually it. getting 100% on Infinifactory. So I started over and I've been playing through it. Oh, started over? Yeah, because wow. I, 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 you know, it'd been long enough that I didn't have the tricks in my head. So I kind of needed to start over from easy. There were tricks that I saw on people's like posted um, animations of their levels that I would probably have never arrived at on my own. Yeah. Like crazy swinging armatures that use sort of clever rotation pads or whatever to like traverse a large amount of space very quickly and that kind of stuff i've been i oh that is a good idea dang right just last night i i figured out that if you want to do a thing um like if you're doing a uh pusher pushing a pusher pushing a third thing yeah you, you need to have it set up so that the the power so that you have a power cable yeah. running to where the second pusher is gonna be yep. but you can't have it initially touching the third block which yep. is where that pusher is gonna be but yep. if you have it drop in from above it doesn't stick <laughs> so yep uh so yeah a complicated shit but yeah i i i last night i spent a lot of time on the puzzle where you're trying to build the entirety of the tank that you repair in one of the earlier puzzles. And I got it all set up and working and it actually, all the pieces move into alignment and glued together correctly. And then I looked at it and went, Oh, how am I going to get it out of there now? (laughs) Because all the structure to assemble everything was like, 360 degrees around it <laughs> and i was like oh god damn it <laughs> and this one's like inside a building right where you can't just easily expand it out or uh whatever. it was it's at like the bottom of a gulch and then has to be transferred into a building yeah oh okay Jeez. so there there's like open space above but i do have like walls around i loved how like and how just weird and inventive the levels got later on with like uh the, like they give you a giant whale and you have to like chop it up into pieces yeah. and stuff. Yeah, that one was super fun. <laughs> yeah, and the one with like capture all these gophers popping out of holes. Yeah, and, and funnel them into the meat packing plant. <laughs> yeah, so good. Uh, yeah, that, that game got too hard game. for me in a hurry. I never did go back and finish uh, Opus Magnum either. I was only a couple levels from the end, I think. It's I I enjoyed the the narrative structure to it. Yeah, it was cool. I do wish that there were a bunch of easy user generated levels. Yeah, I want. I mean, they probably exist, but I don't know how you would find them. Yeah, it's the the classic Mario Maker problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody should just curate a fun but not hard thing, or maybe maybe there are difficulty ratings in that schema. That would be nice. Something that like like clever ideas that weren't like just inv- super involved and intricate. <clears throat> Anything else, Riff? Nope, that was it. Anything else, Kevin? Um, 
nothing new. I have, uh, I've been really stressed out the past week. I was sick and then just a bunch of work, uh, that I should have done like two weeks ago, uh, but didn't, uh, was due. And so when I like to relax, I played actually a little bit of Skyrim, which I find just sort of a very meditative kind of play it on switch. Yeah. Yeah, I, when I was, during the GDC that I was also running a Kickstarter. Yeah. I play I was playing Skyrim for like three hours a night. Just to like chill out. Yeah. Yeah. It's it it feels very like you're just making progress on things and it's it's just it's totally scratches that itch when you're feeling stressed out about real life. Um when you're not getting shit done. Yeah. It's so. very unlike actual adventures, come to think of it. Hmm. Which are usually pretty stressful. Right. <laughs> What do you do when you start over in Skyrim? Like, uh, I'm still just doing the same kind of stuff. I, like, I haven't gone to a new area or whatever. I'm just kind of completing quests that as they come up. Um, I, the more that I like play through it, the more I think about how Breath of the Wild is su- like super inspired by Skyrim. Like, there's just so many nearly direct parallels between things. Um, and that's and what it's you, great. What's an example? Well, just the like harvesting stuff that you then prepare into food or potions or whatever. There's um, a lot of like environmental features. So I think the things that like Breath of the Wild improved on is like you don't wander around for a long time with kind of nothing in between. There's always something interesting, basically everywhere you're going. Yeah. Um, they spent. I think they just did a better job at the world design. Um, but. Like, uh, the, I was thinking about these stones. I think there's the, what the, the like special stones that grant you a, a buff, a sort of persistent buff. Um, I have this particular design where it's like the stone with a hole in it. And I was like, oh yeah, that looks a lot like the stones in, uh, Zelda where you're shooting, you have to shoot the arrows through uh-huh. in various configurations or whatever. And just like little stuff like that, that like, sure it's a stone with a hole in it or whatever but it it reminded me so much of the other i was like oh well i wonder if they just everybody played a bunch of skyrim and been like okay let's take all the good parts of this and make it i'm I'm not sold on the skyrim comparison specifically but i do think breath of the wild is like emblematic of the new nintendo that is willing to look at other companies games at all Mm. Uh, which is pretty like there's some there's definitely some like far cry in there okay there's um, some, definitely some Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently, I just bounced off of Breath of the Wild for good. That's now, too bad. Twice, and I'm just not going to play it. Uh, <laughs> it's such a good game. I just, there were too many times where I would sit down to play it, and I would spend like an hour walking in some direction, and then get killed, and have lost lost all of that progress towards nothing, and then just be like, you know what? This is not a good use of the limited time I have left to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> like... I like huh. it I, like there is no structure to fall back on like there's nothing that I can just go do that I know will achieve something like I it's it's completing shrines doesn't count for you uh no because like two-thirds of the ones that I go to are combat shrines that are just this is too hard for me and I will never ever complete this um you know, and like, yeah, I guess there's there isn't a lot of like 
short-term structure if you're not excited about the shrines. Last time, the last time I played, like the time that I put it down and just quit for good was I think I went down to like the jungle area and found a tower down there, but there was one of those fucking whiz robes. It mm. would just shoot you off the side of the tower if you tried to climb it. And I tried to fight him for a minute and I was like, well, I am never going to be able to beat one of these as long as I live. So I guess it's either walk for 45 minutes to get back to somewhere that maybe I can accomplish something. But like that didn't work out this time. I did, but it just like every time I tried to do something new, I would end up in some place where I couldn't achieve anything and just have wasted all of the time. Like, Hmm. I mean, I could just like farm a bunch of acorns or whatever, you know, like it's like I could be I could be achieving things if my bar for uh, what I considered achievement was lower. But like. I can't get, I cannot figure out how to get to any of the great beasts. Like, that seems like a thing. It's like, all right, this is what the plot wants me to do. But like, in between me and all of those things are environmental hazards that I don't know how to get around or monsters that I can't kill. And like, I just, I don't know. Like, I just have no desire to like waste the time that it would take to power through it. And it's like, to learn how to deal with those obstacles. Well, like, there's not, like, I would just have to look it up on a wiki. Like, the, the, how do you deal with the obstacle of, oh, the environment sets me on fire? But uh, how does everybody else who plays the game kill a wizrobe or deal with that? Or- d- dude, I don't know. Like, that, uh, like, I think it's by being better at video games than I am. Like, uh, it's. I definitely have memories of, like, making a trek to a tower and. Like the the climb and like wanting to stop playing. Like I'm I'm done with this session, but I I just got to this tower and the climb up the tower is surprisingly arduous for whatever reason, or it's a puzzle to get up there. Um, and those are that that situation is really unpleasant. Like hmm. I I more than once I remember like like save scumming, like saving every like ten seconds to, to get. To get the climb done. To get the incremental Also, success. like, saving is so fucking cumbersome. Yeah. Like, mm. that, like, the game really needs to be saved every couple of minutes, or you're gonna lose a shitload of progress the first time something, like, just, like, some random systemic shit happens that kills you, which, it's great that that can happen, but, like, that in a game with basically no checkpointing means you have to save all the time, and if it was a PC game, if it was a PC game, I would still be playing it. Like, if I could just quick save with a single keystroke... I would still be playing that game, but the fact that it's like such a pain in the ass to like navigate through the menus to save, and then when you've saved, opening the menu again to do anything else is a big pain in the ass because you have to navigate back to yeah, like so like prey you played all the way through, and that works because it has a quick save yeah, function. Yeah, and also I, feel like I die all the time in prey. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's also true, but you don't like prey also like auto saves fairly generously like you don't like you're not going to traverse the whole station and then just lose all your progress because you fucked around and died before you remembered to save right like it's their auto saving was was very generous yeah the fact that they only allowed 20 save slots was annoying but Hmm. i guess i never ran into that and i almost entirely like i will save a game once per session when i play and then just quick save all the time like that's kind of you're not worried about like accidentally quick saving in a part where I'm about to die then I would then I would revert to the last autosave like because like okay which sometimes that screws me in like a Skyrim or whatever right because 
That's been a long time since I went through a door. Yeah. Subnautica is fucking brutal. Like, there's no autosave and there's no quick save. Like, you just have to go into the menu and hit save. Like, hmm. the first like the first time I played that game, I played for a couple hours and, like, started building the base up or whatever and then quit and then realized <gasps> when I went back in that it just wasn't saved at oh, all. I'm no. like, oh, wow. Well, whoops. Huh. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. That yeah. is... I've, well, I've been playing a bit of that. I'm, I'm glad yeah, what do you, you think? said that because I, I haven't started that yet and had no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's good to know. Uh, it's scary. Yeah, it's a, it's a, is, is it like I asked this on Twitter? Is this a horror game for you? It definitely is for some people. Yeah, I've definitely heard that response. Um, I think it depends on whether you're scared of the ocean. I mean, I'm definitely scared of the ocean. Okay, but no, not not okay. Like, I, I remember like going there out are parts of it that are scary going uh, even like, like going out in, in, into exploring like the nearby you know region of, of of the ocean you know gathering some stuff going back into the lifeboat and then going out and realizing it was nighttime I, I just fucking went right back into the lifeboat and waited <laughs> <laughs> did you did you find the the similar circumstance in Minecraft scary uh no for whatever reason. You can trivially build light sources in Minecraft, you know, and also there are opportunities at night in Minecraft that you don't have during the day, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can just go kill monsters and farm the stuff that the monsters drop. Um, Yeah, night in Subnautica is like rain and Breath of the Wild, right? Like it just doesn't like this is just just a hassle. This just and like when you build a base and the only thing you have is solar cells, like well, fuck. I guess I'll swim back to the lifeboat yeah. because that's the only thing that has oxygen in it right yeah. now. I, I've played for a couple of hours and I haven't gotten to the point where I'm building a base and I'm wondering what, what the first step of that is. Just building the tool that constructs base pieces. Do you remember the name of that? Construction tool. I don't, okay. I, don't, I, don't I haven't found the blueprint for that then. I don't think you, I think you start with it. Oh, well. It's just one of the things in the tools, and and I think it's like made out of fairly basic ingredients. There's a lot of stuff that you find that you can't build until you find the schematic for the multi-purpose room, which is just big empty room. Mm. Like you can make a base that's just tubes, and you can build stuff in there. But there are certain things that are too big to fit in tubes. Tube, too yeah. big. Certain things that are too big to fit in tubes. The game, <laughs> um, and that yeah, like it's hard to find enough other bases and stuff to scan to find the multi-purpose room. It's like the game is really weird. It like this is a really confident design move on their part, I think, and the fact that it works is it is a testament to either how lucky they got or how clever they were. Like or how hard they were one of to the iterate. things one of the things that you're supposed to find in like the second well, somebody in the video games hot dog Slack was talking about this. Like, you are expected to build the repair tool and fix the radio, right? Because there's this broken radio, and when you mouse over it, it says use a repair tool, and then right. like there's a there's a blueprint for a repair tool. But if you don't do that, like if you don't find if you can't figure out how to find cave sulfur, which is very easy to find if you know where it is, but like it's, it's also very easy to overlook. Yeah, but it's not like it sounds like a thing that you would like mine from a from a like deposit. A, a deposit right, right? Yeah. but it's not and if you just don't happen to try the thing that yeah th- that is how you get it then you don't get a repair tool and if you don't re- if you don't repair the radio you don't find out about any of the other lifeboats which are where you start getting a bunch of like plot relevant blueprints oh and 
there was one of those that had a compass, which just adds a compass to the HUD when you build it. And I didn't find that until I was like 12 hours into the game. And so I just never had any sense of the landscape. Like, I just didn't know which way was north. And I, like... You didn't just use landmarks or whatever? Yeah, kind of. I mean, which which you sort of can. But, like, just... There's also... This is a thing that I feel bad about using, but there's also just like a fucking debug console that you can open up <laughs> if you hit F1 that just tells you like your coordinates. And it got to the point where like, well, I know that I need to build these couple of things and they require magnetite and I just have never found any magnetite and I have no idea where magnetite is. And even after like spending like a, an hour looking it up on the internet, it is extremely difficult to look anything up about this game because it's changed so much since oh, it was in early access. Yeah. And so Google is like useless about it. There's a, there's a really great <laughs> wiki, but it is like parts of it are just super out of date and there's no way of knowing. I finally, I watched some video where like a nine year old boy explained to me how to go find magnetite. And I was like, Oh, I've been here. I just didn't notice that these things were on the ground in this cave. Like, right. It's one thing that I only discovered, like, so I say, I said I've been playing for like two hours for like an hour and 50 minutes of that. I didn't know you could pick up fish. Mm. <laughs> and so like everything that like, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I could not make, like including food and water yep. without picking up a fish. Yep. <laughs> and so like, and you can't catch them until you build the fins. And then even then some of them are too fast and, and right. like too evasive. Like it's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so like I was, Extremely familiar with the game's death system, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is ver actually pretty generous. Like it checkpoints w whenever you enter the lifeboat, I think. Um, and so when you die, you just go back to that the point you last entered. It. Yeah, you lose anything that you picked up while you were out on that trip. Right. And I was gonna say this is w what I was. That was actually one of the things I was gonna say when you were talking about the save system. Until I found out, it doesn't even save when you quit the game. Yeah. It doesn't even ask you if you want to save when you quit the game, I don't think. Or at least it didn't the first time I played, although that was that was back in early yeah, access. That, you'd think that would be the sort of thing that they would fix in early access. Yeah. Um, Weird. Man, it's good though. I've been enjoying it. Have you finished it, Zach? No. Okay. It's um I feel like I mean, I guess this is kind of a spoiler, but you eventually get to the point where you can build like a jet like i had no idea when i was like gathering the plans for this thing how big it was going to be but you can build a fucking gigantic submarine and you have to to get to some of the later places and it is like the first time i tried to drive this thing the engine caught on fire and i had to like run back and put it out with a fire extinguisher because like it gives you this like emergency speed that you just like, can't use <laughs> until you've upgraded it like it's like super dangerous to to run it as fast as it can go and i am like I am so, I feel like I felt when I was 16 and I really wanted to go somewhere, but I was still scared of driving. Huh. Like I am scared to take this submarine out, even though I know I can just save my game. And if I crash the submarine and like waste all the effort of, of building it, that <laughs> yeah. I can just reload the save. It's still just like, you can also do that with cars when you take yeah, them out. Yeah, that's true. I just, yeah, I was just hit F5 before I leave the house. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, this is a really scary game. Like and and sometimes, 
it, and not it, like in a just classical jump scare horror way. No, no yeah. not at all. It's it's scared in a like Spooky. what am I risking by doing any given thing that I want to do it's, and like is it yeah, it's like yeah, that. you're right. It's I don't think of that as scary so much as it's like tense. Mm-hmm. Like it's scary in the way that like I don't know like Eye of the Beholder was right like if you, like oh god i've gotten too deep into here and now there's all these monsters and i can't get back to a point where i can rest and so i'm just like well mm. fuck yeah like i've the, bitten off more than i can chew by getting too far from home there was the, there was assignment. one point yes there, i was just gonna say scary like the assignment is scary <laughs> yeah yeah there was one point where i just died and never found out why <laughs> like instantly mm. and i imagine I, I imagine it's because some enormous sea creature just ate me and i didn't realize it happened yeah, my fun, like, you get a little mini submarine that you can build that's like, ah, oh, this lets me go deeper, and it has air in it, so it, like, becomes, a like, a kind of a portable life pod that you can move around in, and the first time that got just fucking swallowed by a sea monster, and it's like, well, <laughs> shit. Does, does that end the game, like or are you then, just inside the sea No, you, I got out. Like you, like, you see it chewing on your submarine, and you can get out, and oh, then you can just watch him destroy it and, the... and, and swim oh, I, off. I, no. Yeah, yeah, that was what I was imagining, is that you were suddenly, like, driving this submarine around the inside, inside of the submarine. Oh, no, that'd yeah. be pretty cool, though. Uh, no, so it, no, just like, ah, yeah. oh, fuck. I liked that submarine. There's, there's I had some resources I had that you committed a from bunch inside of, of this creature. I had committed a bunch of resources to upgrading that submarine, and it's like, like fuck. Like, I liked that thing, yeah. and now yeah. it's gone, and I didn't want to just reload a save because I had a bunch of shit from the foray that I was out on, and I was like, well, you know, they wouldn't want me to reload a save here right like it was my fault for not saving a minute ago god damn it (laughs) like but yeah it's yeah it is it is scary i guess i think it's weird because as scared as i am of the water that part of it doesn't really how does it handle movement in water like very cleverly because it's not tricky it's not to, it doesn't feel to, weird to be in 3d space no no like well sometimes if you're like in do you do you sink wreck, to the bottom to the you floor? don't you just float you okay. just sort of stay motionless but you can't really tell where the horizon is if you if you can't see it so right. that makes it really easy to get disoriented when you're like exploring like big wreck chunks of the spaceship that are like hallways at weird angles yeah. and stuff. You're always locked to like the first person shooter control scheme where like you're you have um pitch and yaw but no roll. And so like mm. you can if you or if you look down by moving the mouse all the way in whatever direction moves that makes you face face down, you will eventually stop oh, moving because right, you fucking reversed right. mouse axis. Yeah. Um, and I and I made the mouse when I was do, saying that I made the mouse gesture with my hand that right. I would do. Um, so you look down, but you don't head that direction. You head. F- no, forward. you would. So I, I'm saying that in order to get your bearings, you might look down and then you know that's straight down yeah. because that's the direction you stop moving in. It's not how that works in real life if you're underwater and lost. But yeah, but in real life, work. you have a you have a vestibular system, right? Like you right. have some sense of what is down. Although I guess it's easy to fuck with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, and so you could you would have some like sense of absolute positioning. Um, and when you move forward, you move in the direction you're pointing. So if you are looking down, you go down. Yeah. Okay. And then there are buttons to move straight up and straight down on top of that. Regardless of... Regardless of your orientation. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
there's things I didn't ever really get to the point where I need. There's a lot of systems in the game. And I think this is partly because, like, they wanted this game to be playable and fun before they added, like, the little submarines and stuff. So, like, there's systems for, like, there's a thing you can build that just makes you go to the surface really fast. Hmm. Which, by the time you can make that, you can also make a submarine so you don't have to go to the surface anymore. But it's cool that all that stuff is there in case you don't find that submarine. Yeah. Right? Like, Or your submarine it, gets eaten by a monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you need to go. You need to go quickly scout for materials to build a new one. It's, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's so neat the way that it seems to give every person who plays it a different experience of, like, what resources are scarce and which ones are plentiful, and even though it's not procedurally generated. Yeah, that's it's the just, that It's just the order me. that you find stuff in, but it's, like, more or less okay no matter what order you find stuff in. Like, yeah, it's a that's it. I, I do occasionally, like, pop to the wiki to find out, like, oh, fuck, where is where is this? Like, I don't want to just like spend the next two hours just going everywhere on the map, trying to find a resource that I don't even know what it looks like. Yeah. It would be nice if there were some sort of in-game facility for that, but I don't know. It's fine. There is like the scanner room that you can build. And then when you do that, it just gives you a list of every object that's within range of the scanner room. And you can click on it to like, have it put it on your HUD. Hmm. Uh, which is cool, except they don't have very much range. So unless you want to build just like a shitload of them all over the map, it's like not useful for things that you don't already have a pretty good idea of where to find them. Can you like go to the bottom of a trench and build a scanner room there? Yeah, yeah, you can build base stuff anywhere. It's huh. once you once you've learned how to make a power supply for it. Um, yeah, no, it's super cool. Like going and building a base in hostile territory, like in territory that before was really scary to go to because you had no way of like getting home and suddenly, oh no, I just like kind of have this other home here. Yeah. That's really satisfying. Yeah. It's also like, I, I'm assuming that at some point I go to the wreckage of the ship mm -hmm. and explore that, which sounds like fun. Going there, going there early-ish, you find a lot of stuff if you get close to it. Like, it'll tell you where you can and can't go based on, like, radiation and stuff in it. Okay, yeah. That trying to go there triggers some plot stuff, too, so it's, you know, it's just a thing that they expect you to want to poke around at. Right. But then, like, if you don't, you have a totally different experience of it. Like, Neat. Yeah. This game like, is so people, good. People liked this game, even in early access, when there was no plot. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the plot is handled pretty well. Like, it's, it, it's very... It's like ambient plot, you know, like mm -hmm. it's it's like, you know, it's the thing that people complain about about video games. It's just like this dead world that you're finding wreckage of. And so the story is all just like shit that happened here earlier. But like, no, I that's, fucking that's love not that shit. I complain. Yeah, about. no, not me neither. <laughs> no. It's one of those like games will never truly be as good as novels or movies because they're, this is the best way they have of telling stories. But it's like. You know, this is awesome. Yeah, I, I actually like, maybe it's because I played a bunch of games that do that, but I actually really like that kind of storytelling. Yep. So, Yeah, Fallout 3 would be even better if there were no people in it other than <laughs> you. <laughs> well, and the, you know, the people you murder. Oh, right, of course, yeah. That, man, Subnautica and Syncopaus is basically all I've been playing. I can't stop playing Syncopaus. Frank Lance uh, wrote this article that I will link to in the show notes that was like, this is why you should play Syncopaus. Because he, he sort of laments that the Michael Bro fan club is just like 30 people who are all people who make video games and just like can't shut the fuck up about every like what a genius Michael Bro is. But like Michael Bro isn't rich and famous like he should be. He should be the Shigeru Miyamoto of 
Portuguese-speaking Englishman. I, lo- I like <laughs> that he framed it as like that we're. Uh, I'm a member of this super elite club that's awesome, uh, and you can be too if you want. <laughs> yeah, just play that. Like, just like enjoy this. Look at thing. look at why this is cool. Yeah. And then he does a very very good job of explaining it in a way that's right. Man, you know what else uh, has helped me a lot is watching. Uh, there is this series of Let's Play videos where every day the guy's doing one more game of a run. Uh, it's Viva Fringe on uh, on uh, YouTube, and he's like he's just like this charming dude. He really reminds me of Zach Barth. Hmm. Uh, just he looks like Zach Barth, and his voice kind of sounds like Zach Barth's voice. He's way more cheerful, uh, and he just like is probably way better at Cinco Pals. Like I haven't seen Zach Barth play it, but uh, he just he explains a lot. Like him him explaining his thought process about every move has just like made me better at the game oh, I can imagine. like watching this like you know because i have like, a hard time just understanding the strategy even. yeah I've, I've only played it a dozen times or something yeah. like that so yeah i think you might get into it you might you might dislike the randomness because it's all like it's very much a game about trying to except people clearly are able to mitigate that when they can yeah. chain hundreds of runs. Yeah. It's it's like sometimes it just fucks you, though. Like, that's the... I was I was gratified to hear... Because I talked to Chris Remo about it. Like, he's he's another guy that I know who's, like, played a ton of it. It seems like it's... He's... I haven't, like, heard him talk about it on podcasts or anything, but his high scores are much higher than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told him, like, I constantly die on the first level like that's how my runs end is that i get killed on level one because i just don't have any way to deal with like the lizards on level one and like the wands that i try don't happen to work in the configurations that i try and chris is like oh that weird that never happens to me but then in frank's article it was like yeah this happens all the time you're gonna die on level one if you're gonna die i'm like oh, yeah. okay good um so i wonder what chris is doing where he doesn't feel threatened by the yeah i don't know situation maybe it's just like not you know like it's it's such a good game it's like the the way that it makes you balance between like like when you see a treasure chest on the screen there is just an inherent (laughs) desire to go pick up the treasure chest which is awesome like it's just like the fact that it is this golden thing against this drab background you're like oh fuck i want that even though points don't really mean anything really survival's right yeah survival is gonna get you more points in the long run but the fact that you're balancing against like Defeating the enemies versus learning about what the wands do versus collecting treasure and how all of those things are kind of connected but kind of at odds with each other. God, it's good. Um, what is what are the strategies that this person that you've been watching the Let's Play? Like, how do they start with room? So, one? if you get lucky, you can clear out all the monsters in the first room using like a wand or two. Right. Or if, I mean, if you get the combination of getting lucky, anticipating what the wands might do. So like giving them, giving yourself the opportunity to get lucky by like right. trying things that might, you know, fire wands through the center because the earthquake power that, that is the thing with the little sonic, the little sound wave in the middle of a black circle. If you shoot that through the center square, it does one damage to every enemy on the board, which is just crazy powerful. Yeah. Um, try to shoot all of your wands against the right wall to begin with to see if they have the shooting the right wall powers up your attack because that lets you kill anything in one hit which becomes critical for like defeating frogs and and roosters on subsequent levels um once you've established that try shooting all of them at the top to see if you get a refresh a wand power because that is really valuable for like if you have a wand that generates treasure or whatever 
once you've done, once you've established that, try shooting all of your wands into like three-way cul-de-sacs to see if they generate treasure there. Shoot them against individual wall segments to see if they generate treasure there. Sometimes a wand will just generate treasure if you just shoot it and don't hit a monster. Hmm. Um, you know, try and then like if there's treasure on board, like try try firing a wand through that treasure to see if it's a duplicate or a transform or whatever, because you can use that to your advantage later. Like it's, it's just knowing what powers are possible on the wands and trying to learn like, well, does this one have this? Because like a fifth of the time it will. I don't know if that's true. There's 25 powers. There's 50 total. There's 50 powers and you have 25 powers. So a given wand, let's say they were distributed completely uniformly. What is the chance that a given wand will have a given power? Probably lower than than twenty five percent, right? Twenty percent. Um, yeah, I'm terrible at math. And there's also some weird sub rules about like some one some powers will never be combined on a single wand, and some powers are more likely to be combined or something. Yeah, that's true. And there's some. I, I think that Frank seems to believe, based on what he was posting on Twitter, that there are some powers that you can only ever have two of in a game. And some powers that you can only ever have one of in a game, which that's another thing. Like when you finish a game, I didn't even realize this until watching the the let's play. It reveals all of the powers that you had on all of your wands, even if you didn't discover them. So you could learn things about the generation algorithm oh. that way. Um, fuck, it's a good game. <laughs> what have you been playing, Jim? I played some Subnautica. Um, so I played this game that the Google Play Store recommended to me. I don't know what it's called because the name is in Korean. Okay. Um, but it had the bubble bubble dragons on the, the icon, so I downloaded it. Um, and uh, it was uh, an NES emulator playing bubble bobble with an ad at the bottom of the screen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, they knew you. Yeah, it's a good job. Uh, <laughs> recommendation algorithm. Bubble bobble's pretty good. You know, I like that it's, game. Did you no, pay for it's it? No, it's a free game. Okay. It's a it's a free game, uh, but it's uh, there's ads, so like. So they've monetized it in a way. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> God, how many kinds of theft can we perform in a single <laughs> app store <laughs> database entry? Right. Um, continuing to play, well, I, I'm probably actually done with Celeste. Um, how so? You beat it. And then what all did you go for optionally? I got like uh, 110 strawberries. I got enough of the hearts to unlock the core and I beat the core. Yeah. And that's... Like I, the B-sides I, or anything? I, I did it like two of the B-sides, I think. Okay. Um, and that's probably enough for me. Like, I talked about how like a lot of the levels, even on the main... Uh, playthrough of the game, a lot of the levels will just an individual like conceit will go on longer than it is fun for me. Yeah, and for me, the core was like half of half that, which is to say, it was fifty percent too long I for see. me. Okay. Did you? Yeah. Are you done with it? Or are you still? I'm done with it. You're still playing it. Yeah. Like you beat it, and I finished the core, and I. I just I you just don't have any interest in doing the B sides. I don't think so. I like did the first half or did like the first five rooms of the first one that I unlocked, and I was like, you know, I could do this, but it's going to take a lot of effort, and it's very hard, and I don't know that I'm enjoying it enough. 
I still quit in the middle of the second level where the shadows are chasing you. Yeah. And I, knowing myself, I think I am probably not going to pick it up again. Uh, so Riff mentioned, Riff, you mentioned last episode that this, you were comparing this game to Super Meat Boy. Um, and I had kind of uh, taken issue with that, saying like it's a little bit more like Metroid where like you can go in any direction and, and discover things. Uh-huh. Um, but one way that it is very like Meat Boy is in the tuning of the difficulty of each screen. Uh, because um, you restart where you entered the screen with basically no death penalty after dying, um, the the pace of the game is very like if you play for ten seconds, well, you then you are done with that screen. You can move on your and your progress is locked in. Except for some of the screens, which are very large and have yeah a bunch of yeah yeah. In rapid so succession. ten seconds is probably like the 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 regular screen, and then right. there's some that are more like thirty seconds. Yeah. Um, and as a result, like the pace of this game is you play for five to eight seconds and then die. And that happens like 10 times. And then you beat the level or be, you beat the current screen. Um, and this feels a lot more like gambling to me than an actual skill test. Because if, you know, if I'm having a hard time on a level and I, you know, I, I die 10 times and I beat it the 11th, that's not because I'm suddenly good enough. Like if I went to try it again, I probably wouldn't beat it on the 12th time. Mm-hmm. I'd probably die. I just got lucky with my execution. Except that you are, your skill with the game is increasing over time. You do get statistically better. Yeah. 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 Like I went back and tried to like, try to find some strawberries that I'd missed and stuff and collect the, the final hearts to unlock the, um, the core and I was way better at the the earlier levels than I was the first time through. Sure, yeah, you you definitely get better and like it's 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 not entirely gambling. There's like a there's just a big statistical a big a big stochastic element to it. The fact and that like, you like the first time that you complete a room, you get past it and you never have to see it again is definitely an interesting sort of observation where you're you're not necessarily mastering something, you're just achieving it once. Which could just be dumb luck. Yeah. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel you there. I mean, it, like the the point that I got to was like, well, like I've gotten to the point in this big complicated room where I can ex- I can reliably execute ninety percent of it all the time, and then the last ten percent just keeps killing me over and over again. And it's like, how it's many times do I want to do this? Fun, like yeah. uh, at least yep. one fewer than it takes to finish it before I like get bored and decide to go get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> um. And you, you compare that to like, and this is a, I don't know, maybe this is a weird comparison, but like Super Mario Brothers 3, um, those levels tend to be maybe a couple of minutes long. So something so like the auto scrolling, like airship levels or whatever, something that requires the same level of, of difficult execution or just any Super Mario 3 level. I, I, I mean like the, maybe the, like, even if you compare like the, first level of super mario brothers 3 versus the first level of celeste um you like the the your your the expectation of execution is and the difficulty is um stretched out over like a 2 minute experience versus a 10 second experience uh, and it feels a lot more skill based to me it feels a lot more like if you're good at this game you will do well versus um just keep trying until you happen to get through it. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially with 
every air dash being a fucking die roll whether she goes in the right direction or not like I, I that the, definitely makes that feel like that talking way. to other players i get the impression that that would be much different if we were playing with a d-pad well i mean i was okay but apparently the switch pro controller d-pad is like legendarily bad okay. and particularly right. bad for this like it i mean it is a thing that every podcast that i've heard talking about celeste has brought up okay yeah like i think it's i think it's I think the struggle is real. Yeah. Um, and so th- something that Super Meat Boy doesn't have is, at least as far as I know, like a bunch of hidden areas and secret stuff. It has some of that. Does it have some? Yeah, of- it has like warp zones and hidden warp oh. zones and stuff. And it has okay. like the 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 dark world, which you okay. unlock. And it has like, which right. is a lot like the B-sides. All right. That 4-2 video that you told us about that I linked in the show notes last week was pretty interesting. Yeah, I like that a lot. That is like a level of speedrun glitch that I'm okay with for some reason. <laughs> like maybe because you understand it. Yeah, maybe. Like it, it's there's a whole uh, rainbow of, of of like gl- levels of glitchiness going from I don't know. Th- there are probably a lot of things that that you would uh, do in a a casual playthrough that would, that might be considered glitches, all the way running up to like. You know, you, you, you pick up and put down a turtle shell a bunch of times in Mario World and then the credits run. Yeah, I don't like I can appreciate that. I watched one of those recently. Like maybe it was just like the follow on YouTube video for man, I I don't like YouTube anymore. <laughs> like but because of autoplay. Yeah, just yeah. it like automatically just deciding, hey, here's some shit we've decided that is gonna be interesting. I hate how often it's right and I hate like how often it just makes me watch oh, yeah, a bunch I, of shit that I never would like when I'm when like, like fuck this is like when like, algorithms that want to advertise me understand me, that is the worst fucking feeling. <laughs> like I still use an old Twitter client that just gives me my Twitter feed in chronological order, everything that everybody that I follow has said and nothing that like other people have liked or whatever. And like, I don't use Facebook at all, but like you can't really not use YouTube if you want to see any video content. And like that just, you can, so like they tricked me into logging in because I got fucking Google play music and now I have YouTube red. So I don't have ads on YouTube. And so now it's like, fuck, I'm in the fucking system. And like, it's so I, I don't know how hard this is to maintain, but you can turn off autoplay. Okay. Does it, does it just turn itself back on for you? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't ever tried. I didn't even like like, the other thing I've been meaning to do is YouTube's interface, except like the playing a video is so fucking cumbersome that like, I've never even looked at my settings because I don't know where they are. I think it's like on, on PC, I think it's just in the top right corner. There's a switch. Mm. Um, the other thing I've been meaning to do but haven't done yet is look for like a a plug-in to just turn off related videos yeah. just to hide that stuff from the interface. The extent to which it sometimes knows which the next Cinco Paus video is in sequence Ooh, and it sometimes yeah. just jumps yeah. forward by 30 even oh, though there's yeah. an obvious I fucking ordering that, that like like th- that is actually like the one of the things that bothers me a lot about YouTube is that like presumably this like if it's if it's in a series probably it's part of a playlist like maybe maybe it's because like hypothetically this could be a part of a thousand playlists which one should we show you but probably there's just one um 
and there's no easy way to like find out what what playlists are yeah, this video also, in. There's no easy way to go to a channel and just say, "Hey, show me fucking all of the goddamn videos," like in the order that the person made them. Like, yeah, it's, that 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 exists. Does it? Yeah. Let's fucking buried. Ugh. <laughs> Hi, I'm old. Uh, uh, you know, to be fair, at a cloud server. mostly what YouTube wants me to do is watch more videos of Norm Macdonald's various appearances throughout the <laughs> 80s and 90s and 2000s. And so, you know, I got to hand it to them for knowing their audience there. But yeah, uh, the the last thought I have about Celeste is that um, I was because it's about the same thing as getting over it, which is climbing a mountain. Yeah. I was kind of comparing them in my head. Getting over it is kind of like if Super Meat Boy didn't ratchet your progress. Hmm. If um hmm. you had to if you if when you when you died on a certain on a level you actually might fall back like six levels or a hundred. Right. That's an excellent point. The environment is not like in getting over it. I mean, I guess the environment is designed to sort of fuck you up, but not as openly as in Super Meat Boy, right? There's not like saw blades in getting over it that makes it <laughs> difficult. Like, what makes it difficult is that it is it, that it is a, I guess, cumbersome is the word of the podcast. It is right, cumbersome yeah. to control your dude, and subtleties of the level design create situations where you are likely to fuck up, and then the game understands that and then taunts you about that specific failure, which is rad. Um, but it has a very different flavor than Meat Boy. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, Meat Boy is like, I don't know. I kind of think of Meat Boy as like a couple of guys who are way better at video games than I am, just kind of flipping me off with both hands, <laughs> like daring me to play this thing that they have definitely, set out. Definitely skaters. And yeah, they're just <laughs> slowly skating away from me like while flipping me off with both hands. But I don't warn them that they're about to get hit by a van. No. Um, oh, when they do, they'll just revert to the the closest point to you and start skating away from you again. <laughs> yeah, or they'll just start <laughs> sketching and flipping me off with their free hand. Um, well, should we talk about the assignment? Sure. Yeah. Legacy of the Wizard for the NES. So I thought of an answer to what's the difference between, like, jumping and hitting a random point in um, Super Pitfall, and that's how you progress in Super Pitfall, Versus like finding a hidden one up in Super Mario Brothers, and the, it's that the secrets in Super Mario Brothers are optional. Okay, yeah, you can you can like make all of them. Warp zones are optional. All yeah. pipes that you can go down to collect extra uh, coins, except for or like shortcuts. the the maze dungeons in yeah four four and eight four, which I I think those are like bad. I would say those are bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's bullshit design. Uh, but like, also you get stuck in four four for like. Maybe if it's your first time, you get stuck there for 20 minutes. Yeah, that's true. You know, and not not possibly years of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I could not make any sense of Legacy of the Wizard until I watched a Let's Play that you linked to by somebody who was really good at it and really understood it. And uh, also, like, had a really, like, ex explanatory yeah. Let's Play talking style, yep. which I, I really I appreciated. I haven't watched that yet, but I've got it. I've got it bookmarked. I wanted to try and play it blind for for a while first. Now YouTube oh, yeah. will just show it to you when you're not looking. Yeah, <laughs> in just your while sleep. I'm. Yeah, it'll whisper while I'm sleeping. Yeah. What is the point of the game? What are you trying to accomplish? Collect enough crowns to be able to fight the dragon. Yeah, you yeah. you get once you get enough crowns, you can um, 
you can get a sword, and the sword can only be wielded by the worst character. Which one is that? The the the, uh, the boy. The little boy, yeah. And which, then, which one's the little boy? Uh, the one that the, the one that looks like a little boy. I don't know. This game, you have to read the manual to yes, make any sense of definitely. it. Yeah, and that's <laughs> not a thing that 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 is a thing that makes it a particularly bad game to go back to in an emulator. I think, but also, I don't know. I would like to think that as a 12-year-old, if I had a game that you needed to read the manual in order to make sense of it, that I would have just read the manual and made sense of it, and then I would have been able to evaluate based on my experience of it whether it was any good or not. But I bet I wouldn't have with this. <laughs> like, well, I, I bet I wouldn't loved have this. bothered. Because th- this hit the same centers of my brain that were fired by, like trying to figure out Ultima 2 without a manual. Yeah. Mm. I, I was wondering that, whether I would have liked this if I'd played it when I was 12, and I don't know. Like, it, it feels, depends. It like, feels bad to play. Man. Like, the jumping the, and the yeah, attacking. I mean, like, the, they I, feel I, I, the bad. Movement, and the that's, movement like, is not great. But, the, but I totally would have had a whole stack of graph paper with yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. block level maps and what I, giant what I think lists would have passwords and right the, the so the, the what I decided would be the the uh, deciding factor would be whether I owned it or whether I whether I'd rented it because I remember I rented the Goonies 2 mm. and I played that for a weekend got nowhere and came away thinking oh that's a pretty cool game you know, because it's like it's very mysterious and like very wide open, and like you can yeah, explore it's and find huge too. Yeah, like. and and have you have you looked at the there's this is I I'd seen like four times in the last couple of years. Like I just stumbled on the the world map for Legacy of the Wizard, and that was probably one of the reasons I was thinking about it. That's a this is a huge fucking game. Yeah, um, it seemed it seemed expansive just in the like hour or two that I played where. Yeah. I kept just, I was like, I'm just gonna see how far down I can go. And it just kept going down. It keeps going. Although it doesn't seem like it's not as big as Metroid. I don't know. It, it, it might not be as big in terms of screens, but it's very compact. You move much more slowly than you do in Metroid. Yeah, that's true. That's one of the things that is bad about it. And you have to, (laughs) you have to be like careful and, and like backtrack a lot more than in Metroid because yep. you need to make sure you don't run out of magic or health. <laughs> I mean, there's an item that lets you teleport home, right? Yeah, Which yeah. is, again, Although you would you, just I think have only, to read the manual to know yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Because I found one of those in the chest and I was like, what the fuck is that thing? And I right. <laughs> had to go look it up. If, if you had found out and how expensive. to use an item, which I never did, yeah, even after reading the manual, yeah. then like... How, yeah, how do you use items? Rift, do you know this? You hit... Um, well, on my controller, it was select, and that that is pause, but also while it's paused, left and right on the D-pad, do select on your inventory. Right. Move the and select then how do you box. use it? And then I think, well, some of them are just passive, but the ones that are not passive, it's just like one of the buttons is use in that. But it's that like the jump button, you hold down the jump, like the glove, the way oh, you yeah, the use the glove, is which is like weird. turns the, turns the game, turns certain levels of the game into like a giant Sokoban puzzle. Yeah. Right. Like you have to hold down the jump button. And like, even this guy who, as far as I know, is the best player in the world of legacy <laughs> of the wizard repeatedly had to like 
yeah, start over and try over and over again yeah. to get like the yeah the Sokoban stuff is real weird and and clumsy. I didn't get I I kind of got a handle on it, but not well. I didn't like, get good at it. This being a platformer, like I almost feel like if all you did was turn off gravity and like the things that were gated yeah. by jump height mm-hmm. were gated by something else instead, this would just be a significantly better game. Yeah. The weird thing is like there's. There are items where you can just like walk as if it is that. Oh yeah. You just like kind of walk up the the screen. Oh. Huh. And there's a weird. Yeah. Um and, and I wonder like whether this was always a platformer or they just decided to have gravity at some point. I like, mean, there's a bunch of parts of it that it's like you're on a bridge and half of the squares are illusory and you fall onto a bed of spikes. But then like you can kind of judder across spikes without taking damage if you hold up right and that doesn't seem like a feature that's yeah <laughs> like yep. yeah there's just so many like interesting and weird things it does though like like giving you the character like the the family pet who can just yeah. explore freely because the monsters don't care right <laughs> even and, if you kill them yeah and and like his yeah. his his jump is shitty and and he can't like he can't move blocks around so he can't go everywhere but he can go a lot of places so you yeah, can yeah. just He's go really explore good for and scout out yeah it's wild yeah and even playing as like the, the dad um my first time through not not I say through as if I finished it that's far from the truth um my first time out I you know this isn't Deadly Towers where you die on the second screen and then start over and that's your experience. Like I got pretty far in and got like I, what seemed like a significant item at the end of a long trek and then made it back to the house mm-hmm. on my first try. Um, and I was really surprised that the game was that forgiving. Like the, the first blush experience with this game is actually reasonably like reasonably good on those terms. It's not a brick wall. Yeah, it just, it, the thing that made me watch this video instead of playing it anymore was that it just doesn't, like, it just really doesn't feel good. Like the jumping is, the jumping is finicky and the, yeah. And I mean, you know, it's, it's old. A lot of stuff didn't control very well at that point. I mean, this was like pre Super Mario 2. Yeah. You know, like, well, it was originally on the MSX. Hmm. What is the MSX? I don't actually know what that is. Uh, it's, I think it's a... Like an FM Towns Marty? I, I actually <laughs> think it is like that, yeah. It's so a, it's like a Japan-only console? Uh, or, or even a PC. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I tried grinding, like, to buy... Grinding money to buy an item, and that puts... Like, the game basically doesn't let you do that. And the way it doesn't let you do that is um, there's really um strict like when you are low on magic or health the game will always drop magic and health items instead of mm. um instead of money instead of money um or what's the third thing keys the fourth keys. thing is yeah. Keys, uh, the, yeah yeah which is which are like represented as stats yeah it's you know? weird that all of those things are exactly the same scale like right. you have from 1 to 100 of everything right and <laughs> also it's also weird that like they represent two decimal digits as like a bar. Each one is a bar graph. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like 
the it's it's metric for like whether you have you know your health is too low and it needs to drop you to drop uh health items is whether that's your lowest stat and so once you get like around you know 60 money 60 gold um if your magic or health drop below 60 then that's all you get and your magic goes down when you attack right. so that's like yeah yeah and so like i hit kind of an equilibrium around 60 where like if you want to buy something um I hope it's below 60. I mean, there's also chests with a bunch of gold in them. Yeah, right? yeah. And that it's was something that I thought was generous until I found time, out I think, that right? those are like, well, yeah, yeah, once you've opened oh, those, man. you don't, you can't get them again. And like, that was probably why I did so well my first trip out into the dungeon. It was like, mm-hmm. I was opening all the chests that if you I guess you're, you'd have like, to, you'd have to, well, no, because, because inns cost 10 gold and you only get like right. two from a pickup. And I definitely also had the experience of like, I've got like eight gold. I really need to grind the money to get to this inn, but my health is too low. I can't, and like my magic is, it kept giving me magic items. It's also weird that if your health is too high, it spawns poison. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which then knocks you back down to the point where it starts spawning health again. But like, um, yeah, it's super frustrating. Yeah. That was a dubious choice. Like I'm, you know, that, that was okay. That was very clever, but. That should not have gotten past any playtesting, right? Like, Which they, like, who knows? I don't know if they did playtesting back then. They must have. And I feel like the the Half-Life on Poison could probably have been half again as long yeah. as... Yeah, having was, having to stand and wait for the poison to despawn so you can continue was a real bummer. Yeah. Because you should, like, it should have just been like... Oh, I, I didn't automatically pick this up like I I'm, I'm want to do. I You know, I'm, I'm waiting... And then it goes away instead of like, okay, well, I'm going to go get a coffee or whatever. <laughs> this game had so many good ideas in it and was so like kind of ahead of its time structurally in so many ways. Mm-hmm. But I think just didn't like because it just didn't feel good to play. Like, yeah, yeah, super. And didn't explain itself like it didn't explain itself to you in a way like, well, was I've, there anything I mean, that you had to read the, the manual for Zelda for? Uh, I'm. I don't, I don't remember. It, it's it's hard for me to make that call. Like, like yeah. Zelda has a lot of information in the manual. Yeah. Like, but I don't it, think it a, prevents you from. It's so hard. I can't remember. Is the problem like? Yeah. I mean, I like we had to drive at least an hour to get a Nintendo game when I was a kid. So like, there was never a time when I got home with a new game that I hadn't read the manual a thousand times yep. in the car. I've been there. Even like computer games where the manual was maybe like 70 pages of just dense <laughs> stuff, like Might and Magic. Like the rule book for Might and Magic is still a thing that just gives me this like nostalgic charge. Yeah. So, guys, I got to hit the road uh, if I'm going to make it to this late night single feature. Uh, what is our next assignment? We're going to play Iconoclasts. Oh, okay. It's a, uh, it's a charming pixel art. Metroidvania with characters, and I've heard the writing is not great all the time. Okay, uh, the writing's real uh, weird. <laughs> but, but we can uh, talk about that next time. <laughs> um, gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number three hundred and twenty of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we record episode three hundred twenty-one really soon. And listeners, I hope you'll join us. Time for emails. Kakabubu Balaya. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night.